0: What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having an awesome day. For those of you that are watching online, thank you so much for connecting with us. Technology is amazing, and and I just wanted to to thank you so much for those of you that wished me a happy Father's Day, and I want to wish those of you dads a happy Father's Day from last week. uh, I actually had this wonderful opportunity to spend uh, 10 days with my middle son. Uh, One of the things that we do in our family is we we call it a rite of passage uh, for our boys to to move from you know being a, a boy teenager into manhood. And so I spent uh, five full days in the wilderness, like literally paddle out into the middle, middle of the wilderness, uh, be, be aware of bears and moose and that kind of thing. We were in northern Minnesota up at the up at the Canadian border and it was cold. And windy and rainy, and we had an awesome time. It was absolutely amazing, like we were catching fish and eating them, and, and we ate well, so we were successful in some of that. Uh, so that was just something that I did. you know I, I did that with my oldest son a couple years ago. I did it with my middle son, and I, and I have a third son, and so we just we have warrior sons, and so I've got to you know train them what it is to be a warrior and, and to be a man that's passionate for the Lord and what that looks like. So thank you so much for that, and uh, it was great to have that time with him time away. but here's the deal. Like you got to know, anytime uh, myself or Pastor Nicole are away, uh, we, we think about you. Like we think about you a lot. We love what we do. We love the church. We love you, uh, and we love connecting. And so, please understand, you're always on our heart and minds. And and we just we we're passionate about being pastors in this community. We're passionate passionate about pastoring this church, and we're excited about what God has done, is doing now, and and has for the future. Uh, for us. And so we are in week like 87 in the book of James, and it has been amazing. I, I don't know if you've been dialed in this whole time, but James is a really short book uh, in the New Testament. It's, ba- it's towards the back of the New Testament, but man, I'll tell you what, uh, the Bible scholars actually believe that James is the one, one of the most power-packed, condensed books in the whole entire Bible. And so you're talking about five chapters that are just like dynamite. It's like you know sticks of dynamite getting thrown all over the place. And so we've been reading this and digesting it and allowing the, the Holy Spirit to minister to us, to speak to us through His Word. And it's been powerful. And so if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to, to James chapter 3. If you have your Bible app, go ahead and open that up on your mobile device. The verses will certainly be on the screen. But today we're going to be talking about wisdom. We're going to talk a little bit about wisdom that James gives us through Scripture. But before I dive into the text for this morning, I want to pray. Like I want to get in a, in a right place, and, and, and I want us to be able to hear and be open from the Lord. And so would you pray with me right now? Lord God, we come before you. And Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Scripture. Uh, God, we love the fact that, that it says that your word is like a light to our feet, and you, and you guide our path. Lord, it says your word is like a sword. Uh, your word is alive. Uh, Jesus you are the word and so I just I love that so much God as we dive into your scripture we know that it's breathed out by you it's it's your communication to us and so father as, as you inspired James to write these things down as we read them today God would you show us the things that we need that we can extrapolate from your word and apply in our lives and and that it would take root deep down in our souls and that it would change us God would you change us now we want to be moldable in your hands and so we put ourselves in this place, in this posture to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So just to, if, if you're not familiar with James, if you've never read it, one of the things that's really, really important to understand is, is the context in which the scripture is written. And so James was writing in the first century to a number of different churches throughout the region, uh, but he's writing to a church that has been basically dispersed. So all of the churches have been Pushed out of the cities and of the of the region because of the extreme persecution, so literally when they decided to meet as a church, uh, they had kind of this secret handshake that they would have to have to come in and meet because the the officials and the and the police were trying to come in and capture them imprison them, kill them uh, because of their faith and so they they really had to be sure that they wanted to follow after Jesus. And that's what's amazing is despite the persecution amongst the early church, it was growing so rapidly and exponentially. And that's what I pray for, you know, for us to to be willing to lean into what God has for us. And so despite persecution, the church was growing rapidly. So uh, we have to understand that that James is writing to people uh, that, that were wondering, man, am I really committed To Christianity, do I really actually believe this? And James is saying, if you actually believe it, then it also must come out in your life. And James is very challenging; he's extremely direct, you know. And and so many of us, we have people in our lives that are direct, like they say exactly what we need to hear. Sometimes we don't like to hear it, but we need it, and that's what James is communicating. He's saying, hey, you've got to live out your faith in the day that you're living in, and and so and I believe. Uh, That that's true for us today, you know, I believe for us as christians as christ followers If if you claim christ as your lord and savior, you're following after him I believe we've got to live that out that it must be evident in our life It's not some kind of secret group that we're a part of but it it has to come out in our words in our actions in our deeds Uh, It's more than just our faith And so I believe you know that we have to have that and I it's it's now more than ever that this has to happen and so james starts talking about what does it look like to have godly wisdom in our lives. And so let's take a look at James chapter 3, starting in verse 13. It says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. And so we have to understand one of the, that there is a difference between wisdom and knowledge or intellect. You know, in this day and age, we have a lot of knowledge. In fact, if you and I want to find something out, we can. We can look it up. We can Google it. We can search it. We can watch a video on it. But wisdom is very different than just simply knowledge. Because if I want something, I can find it. I can figure it out. But wisdom is this unique ability to apply what we know into our life, where it's the things that we say, the, the, how we act, that, that it's, it's evident in our life, it can be seen by the way we carry ourselves and in our lifestyle. And I even want to take wisdom a step farther. So we, we have intellect and, and, and smart and, and intelligence, and I was going to say smartness, but that's not that smart. Um, <laughs> so we have intelligence, and then we can have wisdom and apply it in our life. But today, what, what I'm really actually believing for is this additional level of wisdom where I believe that God literally imparts wisdom into us. And so I don't know about you in your life, but I know for me I want that, that supernatural, spiritual, God-given wisdom that he can impart to us. Uh, because to me, you know, th- there probably have been times in all of our lives when, when we look at our situation and we go, I have no idea what to do. What do I do? Do I take the job? Do I not take the job? Do I move cities? Do I not move cities? You know, wh- wh- what do I do? And I believe that in those times, that w- if we cry out to the Lord, that the Holy Spirit comes in, and he makes a way when there seems to be no way. When you're dealing with a project at work, or an issue or a problem in your life, and you go, I have no idea, I believe, you know, that God just, just intervenes in that situation, And gives us this supernatural ability. And so if you're on a search uh, right now, if you have some major decisions in your life that that you have to make, I just want to encourage you to seek out godly wisdom. If you want to continue to read scripture, I would encourage you to to just begin uh, reading the book of of Proverbs. So Proverbs is is about 31 chapters, and you can read it. It's all full, just jam-packed of wisdom. It will give you insight and discernment in the decisions that you're trying to make right now. But so how do you know when somebody's wise? You know, maybe you, you feel like you have some wisdom in your life, it, and you probably have met some people that you hang out with them for a little while, and you're going, wow, they just, they just seem like they have it all together. They seem wisdom, they seem like they have wisdom. And so I would say that you can tell that somebody's wise by the way that they lead their life. You know, it's evident, it's seen. And so sometimes, uh, it, it's just like, the, regardless of the situation, if everyone is acting a certain way, when somebody has wisdom, it just seems like they're acting very differently. It, it you know when when everybody is is responsive or reactionary or or kind of you know concerned or whatever, it just seems like people with wisdom have some guidance and some understanding that other people don't have and you go wow w- w- how, why are they doing that and so just you know for me in my life part of this is is my personality I, I'm what I call an underreactor uh, so so if if you're looking to get this big emotional reaction out of a situation from me, you're not going to get it. Like you're going to be very disappointed because it takes a whole lot to get me flustered. It takes a lot to get me worried. Uh, I don't get overly concerned about a situation or a problem. And so here's why you need to understand this is, you know, even at the age that I am, I've been through some storms in life. Like I've been through some difficulties, some challenges that I faced (laughs) and some of them I created. But Every single time, when I trust in the Lord, regardless of that situation, he seems to calm that storm. And, and if you have a couple of years under your belt, and you, have, you know like you've been through some storms, and, and that trust in the Lord, you go, yeah, but I've been through something like this before. I've been through something worse than this before, and I know that God's going to show up. Some way, somehow, God's going to intervene. And, and you have just a, a, a very literal example, you know, in, in, in the Bible where, where Jesus is with the disciples. They're out on this boat, and a storm rises up on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is asleep on the boat. The, the, the disciples are literally going, oh, my gosh, we're going to die. And you talk about overreacting, and they're go, we're going to die. You know, every man for himself, you know, save the ship, or, you know, whatever. And, and, and so they're terrified thinking that they're going to (laughs) die. And Jesus is asleep. And this is not a cruise ship. This is like a small fishing boat kind of thing. And so it's just that that bobbing. He just is like, man, I'm feeling a little bit sleepy, you know, and just that kind of calmness. And, and man, it just is incredible. And, And they wake him up just so scared. And Jesus speaks to that storm in that moment exactly and calms the storm and the waves. And I just, I think for you and I, sometimes in our life, All we can see is the wind and the waves and the white caps and the storm and the issue and the problem and that we think that the ship is going down. But when we lift our eyes and see God and see Jesus for who he truly is, I believe that we can see the calm that comes after the storm. And so sometimes the Lord wants to take us through a storm because he wants to create a greater level of dependency in our life where he's going, okay. I know you, you have some intelligence. You have a little bit of wisdom. Are you going to apply that wisdom now? Are you going to trust in me? How do you know when somebody's wise? When they trust in the Lord, they lean on him, not in their own understanding, but they're looking to him with an extreme amount of trust, and how they react to the storm reveals the level of wisdom that they have, because to me, Christianity is more than just a belief. You know, sometimes you'll talk to Christians, they're like, Yeah, I believe in God. Like I I believe in Jesus, He's my Savior, and that that's great. But to me, Christianity is more than just a belief. And that's what James is talking about in this entire book that he writes. So to me, Christianity is a lifestyle. It's something that should be seen. It's evident. Because when we are in Christ, it, it says that we become a new creation. We're new, we're born again, we're renewed, we're rejuvenated, we're restored. It's not that we're better than other people, but we have recognized our need for a savior and we've been willing to walk in that redemptive process. We we receive the forgiveness. We've changed our ways from what we've had before. And so that's what James is communicating regarding wisdom. Let's continue in verse 14. But if you are bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and demonic. For wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Now I told you that James uses some strong language in this entire book. like he, he, just, he just goes after it, just one, one phrase after another. He's like, "Hey, you have got to understand. This is a big deal. I mean, you and I, we use the word jealousy very flippantly, don't we? But, but here's the deal. If it, James is saying if you've got jealousy or selfish ambition in your heart, you're looking at, at yourself. What can I get? What don't I have that I want, that I think I deserve? James is saying you're not focused on spiritual things. You're focused on worldly things, worldly pres- pleasures. Your eyes are focused on things that, that give this, this temporary satisfaction that we think we want and desire. But he's saying, hey, this is actually affecting your life decisions because your eyes are focused on other things. And so when we do that, yes, we're acting out of jealousy or selfish ambition, right? When we do that, what happens is we end up getting frustrated. We end up getting disappointed. We get angry, sometimes not only at ourselves and other people, but at the Lord because we don't get what we we think that he should give to us. And we get very disappointed in our life. And so that just, James is saying, hey, you're you're not expressing and showing wisdom when you get wrapped up in all these things that you think you deserve. Because all that stuff in our life that, that we chase after, none of it works. None of it. And so James is challenging our worldly way of thinking. And he's using very strong language and saying, when you do this, you're actually acting in an unspiritual-like way. And he continues. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy, the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness, and so James kind of sets up all this wisdom stuff. You know, go, going harshly at it, saying, "Well, this is what happens if you don't have it." But then he gives us a list of things that we can have and attain to have wisdom. And so, what I want to do over this, you know, the, the rest of my message is, I want to break some of this down. This is a fantastic list. If if you are going to read something over the course of this next week, it's these two verses. You need to evaluate your life and say, "Do I have this?" It, am I applying this to my life? And so let's just, let's just go through this a little bit and break this down and let's kind of evaluate our lives because this kind of stuff needs to saturate our soul. It, it needs to, to, to occupy our mind and our thoughts, to, to penetrate us and who we are and change our lives. So if we can take some of these things and apply them to our lives, I think we become different people. And so the first thing that James says in that verse is that, we, that wise people basically have a pure heart. And here's, the, here's what I want to note. James lists this one first. You know how you want to make sure you say the most important thing first so somebody gets it? I think this is the first thing for a reason. James is going, you've got to have purity first if you want all these other things. And he lists out about five different things that we want and we desire. But he's saying purity must be first. And so if we want to have that stuff, we've got to have purity in our life. And so to me, right, when when we commit to follow Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, and and we desire Him. And and so that this incredible desire for the Lord, it it changes us in who we are. We begin to to desire right things that are pure and holy and just, like it talks about in Scripture. And so when we allow this purity to come in our lives, I, the transformation that takes place is what happens is instead of seeing the guidelines that the Lord lays out for us that we are to follow, instead of seeing them as a burden to do and, and to have in our life or the things that we've got to remove from our life that are hindrances, instead of seeing them as just such a challenge or such, you know, t- to cause us to feel uncomfortable or just such a, you know, a bother to us, we actually see them as a delight. When, when purity comes in our life, it, it's a, it causes delight in our life. So, so when you talk about purity, what makes something pure? Because he, here's what we've got to recognize. We are not pure. We are sinful. We have sin in our life, and that's a constant, our sin nature. We're renewed and restored and, and reborn again, no doubt. But we continue to battle in that, that against that sin nature in our life. So what happens when something becomes pure? To me, I would say for us as people when we become more like jesus that's our goal jesus is our model jesus is our standard so becoming more like him and re- and removing the impurities in our life let me give you just a a simple example um, i'm a little bit of a water snob forgive me uh, it's you know I, I like good water I like good clean pure water you know I shared a little earlier about how my son and I went out into the wilderness and stuff so we had to take this water filtration system so you literally scoop lake water with all the stuff but it has this you know this water purifier in it and and so we have a carbon water filter system in our house and so I can literally take. Any kind of water, dump it in that, and, and it, you know, it filters through. And I'll tell you what, this water is clean, it's pure, it's crisp, it's nice, it's refreshing. It takes, it takes the taste out uh, of everything, so it literally tastes very clean. Now, all of us have probably tasted water before that you go, hmm, this ain't so good this you know whether it's well water has some sulfur in it or you know smells a little bit funky you know, you're going mm, I I don't think I'm going to drink this like I I'm, I'm going to go for a soft drink or something like let me pop that top and you can keep your water but when we have good cold refreshing water we know it we taste it and so and and, and Jesus was talking to religious leaders about what it is to be pure and to remove impurities from our lives and Jesus speaks very directly to you and I in this passage. He says in Matthew 23, verse 27, he says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of the religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of what? Say it, impurities. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, Your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. That's hard. That's harsh. You know, and we could easily take this and we go, well, I'm not a Pharisee. Are you not? Uh, I know this challenges me uh, in my life. You know, oftentimes I I look at myself and I go, I'm a religious person. Jesus is saying You've got it so wrong, and man, it it penetrates me deep in my soul, and I hope that it does as you as well, uh, because what's happening is they gave the appearance as though they were holy, but their heart was full of hate and injustice, and so they made it seem like everything was okay, but Jesus is saying, yeah, that's great, you know, your actions, deeds, but there is a deeper thing going on here when you talk about purity. Purity. And so when we are like this, how Jesus describes, we're actually in opposition to the Lord. That's what's hard for us to hear. We literally are opposing him in what he wants and desires. Now, please understand, I am not saying that we've got to be perfect. No way. Like, none of us are perfect. But are you desiring to be more like Christ in your life right now? Like, that, that's a challenge. That's our goal. Because what happens is when we want that, when we desire that, the impurities start to be removed because we become more like him. We look like him. We speak like him. We act like him. That's our goal. And so then that other stuff sp- begins to remove, be removed from our life. So I have to ask you, because I love you and I'm your pastor, what impurities are you allowing in your life right now and they're remaining and you're allowing them to stay? Wh- what are they? And you know exactly what they are. And and if not, uh, then if you would ask and be so willing and humble to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to you, he will show you. But what are the impurities in your life that haven't been filtered out? And they're there. And here's the deal. The Lord is confronting you on them because they're becoming obvious. They're becoming glaringly obvious. and, And there can be a change. James is saying you can have wisdom in your life. You can take those impurities and remove them, and you can have this wisdom, this godly wisdom in your life, and it will be shown and be evident. So I'll share, you know, one with you in, in, in my life. One of the things that, that I have to be really, really careful about is, are like the shows and the movies that I watch. I have to be really, really careful. So I, I enjoy Action-adventure movies. I mean, and, and I just, I, I love conspiracy movies. I love movies that are based on medieval times, you know, with knights and chivalry. I just, I enjoy that stuff. I just do, that's just, you know, who I am. And, and, but here's the deal. Some of them are not good for me. I love the storyline and, and, you know, the battles and stuff. And, but some of them have very, very inappropriate scenes in them, and I can't watch that. And there have been times, like, I'll, I'll be watching something, and I'll be dialed in. And, and, I'll, and like, something will come up and pop up, and I'll, I'll tell Nicole, I'm like, I can't watch this. You know, and she loves me and cares for me, and she'll grab the remote, and she'll turn it off, or change the channel, or whatever, and I'm like, and so it's just, but we've, what we've got to do is we've got to say it. We've got to, you know, shield ourselves from that. We have to have that desire for purity in our life. And so for me, like, I try and be on guard. Like, I try and build up borders and walls and and barriers in my life because, man, when I don't have them, it's evident in my life. Because what happens is I I get to, I become a little bit desensitized. You know what I'm talking about? Where if you you let a little bit in, a little skin and a little more skin and, and you're like, oh, you know, it's okay. It's not really a big deal. It is a big deal. And it's gripped me, and I constantly have to be aware of that in my life. And because in Philippians, the apostle Paul writes to that church in Philippi in in chapter 4, verse 8, he says this. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And so I have to have you ask yourself, where are you allowing the impurities to remain in your life right now? Because James says we've got to have a pure heart in order to have wisdom. The second thing that the wise have is the wise love peace. Uh, So some people, they just, they love to argue. Uh, Some people love to attack and criticize, you know, and I've been in ministry for over 20 years now, and one of the principles that I've applied, and I, I've actually applied this like decades ago, I just, I recognize that, you know, I, I made this very, very literal decision to not respond to criticism. So there, there of course, have been times when people would voice their opinion, and criticize, and, and judge, and I'm like, you know, I don't respond to that. Like, I purposefully don't respond to that. And, and, and so, because some some people just are mean. They're, they're spiteful, they're angry, and, and, and they feel like they can voice their opinion. And, and so one of the things that happens, though, is when people do that, what they want is they want you to respond. They want you to, quote-unquote, jump into the ring and mix it up a little bit. Like, they want that. And, and here's the deal. In Proverbs 20, verse 3, it actually says, avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. You know, and so I have to be real careful that I don't respond to criticism. But I, I, like I, I want to be a little bit honest. Sometimes um, I do like a good debate. Like I do. Sometimes I, I like to mix up. I'll ask very thought-provoking questions uh, uh, to people on purpose. Uh, I, I call it putting them on the hot seat. You know, I just I would like to put people on the hot seat and, and turn up turn up the dial a little bit because uh, I want to see how they'll react. But I have a problem. Uh, I do. I do that with my wife. And and she does not love that. <laughs> and all the wives agreed uh, and understand. And because there have been times, you know, that my wife will look at me and say, "I'm not arguing with you uh, about this." And so it's not great for my marriage that I do that. But you know, we, we've got to love this, love peace in our life, love purity. And wisdom is revealed by our desire for peace, peace in relationships. Peace in other people, and that includes our work relationships. That includes the, the contracts that are broken from other people. That includes our teammates that don't carry their weight on projects. Like, peace is something that is evident in our life, and it shows that we have wisdom and trust in the Lord. The third thing that James talked about in, in that, that those verses is that the wise are willing to yield. This one's really, really interesting to me. Because um, I am not a yielder. Like, I, I'm a very powerful person. I have a dominant personality. I love to steamroll things and just charge on and charge through and charge the mountain. And so you've got to understand, I'm also preaching to myself this morning. Like, these points are for me. Because I love to win. I love to be right. Uh, like, it just it fills me up. And, and, it, and it's false. And, it, and it's this false sense of security. And so, like, wise people are willing to yield what happens is, you know, we may think we know what's right, but we don't see every perspective. And so to me, wisdom comes in asking, asking questions, uh, being teachable, being flexible in a situation. Because sometimes we've got to get clarity. We've got to listen, listen to other people from what they see, what they experience, because they may actually have the right answer. And so we've got to be able to, to receive that in our, in our life because, you know th- yes, there are times that we need to stand up for, for what is right and true and holy and biblical and pure and stand up for those that are marginalized, no doubt. I- I'm not saying that we yield in those situations. And we fight for those that are oppressed. That's what Scripture calls us to. But in matters of less importance... I feel that we can have this yielding type aspect. And so it just it shows a maturity, though, really is what James is talking about. In Proverbs 12, it says this in verse 15: it says, fools think that their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. So James is talking about wisdom. Proverbs, you know, written by Solomon, talks a lot about wisdom. So just to share a little bit of perspective. For, for us as Grace Church, you know, w- with our staff and, and ever we do brainstorming sessions and, and you know, whenever we get together, we, what we're doing is we're, we're either problem solving or we're casting vision. Those are kind of the, the two big things that we do often. And so if we're planning an event or something amazing or if the staff kind of has to grind something out and, you know, resolve something, what we do is we get together and we talk about all the possibilities. We talk about all the options. You know, some of you, you do this at work. You, you know, they're called whiteboard sessions. You know, very, very common. You, know, you get the board out, the marker, and you're just, you're just writing down ideas, possibilities. And, and so we do the same thing. And so one of the phrases that we've adopted as a staff is the best idea wins. It doesn't matter whose idea it is because we all could be collaborating and working, and many of you do this all the time. You're, what about this? What about that? Oh, this idea. And then all of a sudden, Something hits, it clicks, and you go, everybody at the table is able to go, oh, that's it. It just is this moment where you go, yep, the w- like we got there and, and we achieved. It doesn't matter whose idea it is because we have a team mindset and we communicate that, that way. And so wisdom has a pure heart. Wisdom loves peace. And, and when we show the ability to yield in situations... Not be weak, but understand what's right in that situation. To me, when I talk about this, those three points that James gives us in those verses, what happens if we take that and we apply it in our life? This is life-altering to me. Like This should change us in who we are. And so when we have this wisdom and we apply these concepts in our life, to me, the fruit of the Spirit comes out. And then others begin to see how we carry ourselves, how we go about our decisions. And here's what I need us to understand. We can't do this without the Lord. Like when we're talking about supernatural godly wisdom that we long for and desire, that only comes from Him. Like our human mind is limited. You know, but there are times when God speaks and He communicates. And so we've got to ask Him for wisdom. And one of the things that I love to, to just communicate is because he's our heavenly loving father, he is more than happy to give us the wisdom that we long for he's more than happy to do it but the problem that you and I have is sometimes when he gives it to us we don't do it so we've got to figure that out a little bit and so I want to challenge you where in your life right now has God communicated to you something either an impurity that's got to be removed or a decision that needs to be made and you're dragging your feet a little bit or you don't really want to and so that james is saying you've got to like we have to have this in our life and so to me the lord has created this opportunity for us to have a better way to have fullness in our life To have the joy that we long for, where just love comes out of our mouth because it's stored up in our heart like a well that springs up. And so the things that we say to other people, the things that we do to other people, they come from the deep well inside of our, we have this contentment in our life where we're not looking for other things or other situations or even people to give us this satisfaction. But it literally comes from a divine place. And that comes with a connection with the Lord. And so I want to ask you, you know, right now, how is your connection with the Lord? Like, are you hearing from the Father? Are are you following after His Son? Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit and the convictions that He brings and and empowers us to change us? Because if we're able to tap into the trinity in God and who he truly is our life changes drastically and so if you guys could do me a favor go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes and 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 just look introspectively at your life right now when when you talk about wisdom you talk about being wise and yielding and peace and purity I, I believe that right now you can have this awesome awesome moment with the Lord and so I want, to lead just, I want to lead us in a time of prayer and, um, and ask that the Lord might would do something amazing. And so, Father, we come before you. And, Father, thank you so much for your word and your scripture, how it comes alive. It's incredible. Uh, but, Father, right now we, we feel a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, God, there, we know that there, there are things in our life that we've allowed to remain. And, God, we don't even like them. We don't even like doing them. But, God, we have this battle inside of us. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would give us victory. Uh, Thank you, Jesus, that you showed your power over sin and death. You showed victory over death by rising again from the grave. And so, right now, we just ask that you would fill us up with you. Uh, Lord, would you pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, more of your Spirit in our life. Lord, would you pour out on us that we would be able to walk in your goodness, walk in your grace, walk in your mercy, Walk in love and patience and kindness towards others. Fill us up with your spirit like never before. God, that we wouldn't be reliant on our own abilities or intellect, but God, you would give us this supernatural wisdom right now. Father, I even speak over over the people that that are looking for decisions. Uh, God, we're looking at A or B. God, Lord, would you communicate very clearly to us right now? Uh, Lord, those that are, are considering jobs and opportunities those that are making significant life decisions. We pray for divine, supernatural impartation of your word, like your direction, your wisdom. God, would you communicate? We're open right now to you more than ever before. So we receive your word. We receive your spirit. Lord, remove the impurities and fill us up with your goodness that you would be glorified in our life. In Jesus' name.